The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. Two weeks ago, I shared with you a conversation that I had with my atheist friend, Paul, who used to work in his church. And he shared with us his deconversion story. This week, I have a pastor friend who used to be an atheist so that we can talk about his conversion story. I promise you're really going to enjoy this Creation Today show. Welcome to the Creation Today show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Conversion stories always fascinate me. Now, the scripture makes it really, really clear that it is the Holy Spirit who draws people to himself. In John 6, it says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent him, which has sent me, draw him to me. In uh, John 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to, that's it, according to uh, His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, how God does that, how He draws people to Himself, that fascinates me. I don't know, I guess it's the it's the logical scientific side of me that just wants to know the how behind the what God is doing. Well, today you're going to hear one of those hows behind the what God did with our guest. Hey, before we get started, though, I want to take just a moment and welcome all of you who are joining me live on Facebook or on YouTube. We love hearing your feedback in the comments. And I love hearing stories. So if you can comment real quick what your journey to Christ was like, I would love to read those. Uh, to my podcast listeners, I know you don't get to interact with me live. And to our television audience, I know you don't get to interact live with me. But I would love your feedback as well. We always love getting your emails. If you're new to the podcast or new to the show, uh, you can reach us by email. Send your email to comments at creationtoday.com. Dot org. By the way, if you do enjoy the content on your local television station, why don't you say thank you to them? And if you're able, send them a gift of support. It helps keep this program on the air. We're so grateful for our partner stations. As always, if you're interested in the full conversation, come on over to creationtoday.org and start enjoying a partnership with us and get access to all of the content that we have produced. Speaking of partners, man, a bunch of you guys on here today, thank you so much for joining me. Kevin and Jordan, thank you. Lisa and Ruth, thanks for being on here. Tom and Tony. Hey, Tom, by the way, I sure hope that you've already practiced what we learned a couple uh, months ago and have already given a presentation. Throw it in the comments here. Have you done a presentation yet, Tom? That's what I want to know. Uh, you guys are going to love this, guys. This We're blessed today. My guest is Pastor E.T. Tapper. He was born and raised a Cajun Catholic, uh, probably grew up drinking Tabasco sauce, if you know what I mean. And he has journeyed from religion to atheism to Christianity and now to pastor. Uh, he's been up in the Seattle, Washington area since 2002, and he's been pastoring View Ridge Community Church 
since 2008. Man, I'm so excited to have him. Pastor Tapper, welcome to the Creation Today Show. I'm so glad you're with us today. Well, it's great to be here, Eric. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share with y'all. Well, you are originally from New Orleans. Uh, what's your experience with hurricanes? Because we got one coming through Florida right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can say is that over the years uh, growing up there, I have uh, my family has decided to stay a couple of times, but most of the time we we got the heck out of there. <laughs> get, out, get out while you can. Oh, that's great. Well, I don't blame you. We got some visitors right down the street from us from uh, down south. They got an Airbnb that's down the street. They said, we just, I decided we're, we're out of here. We just don't want to risk it. So totally don't get it. it <laughs> well, we, our prayers are with those of you in South Florida right now as that hurricane approaches landfall. So uh, we, we certainly do uh, pray that God gives you guys safety through, through this whole thing. Pastor Tapper, I have loved my conversations with you as you've gotten to share with me your journey. I mean, seriously, to go from religion to atheism to Christianity and now to pastor for the last many years, it's just awesome. And I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for you to start by sharing a little bit about your background. And while you do that, while you're sharing about your background, hey, partners that are on here that I can see your chat and stuff, if you don't mind, would you just tell me real quick in the chat, what, what's, your, what's your story like? Give me the summary, just a quick summary. Was it always you know Christian, Christian, grew up in Christian? Was it atheist Christian? Was it another religion Christian? Just tell me a summary of your story real quick. And while they do that, Pastor Tapper, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, maybe about your, your parents and uh, the religion that you were brought up with? Oh, yeah. I was uh, born and raised uh, in a Catholic home and like probably 90% of the people in New Orleans. Yeah. I even say that uh, even the Baptists are Catholic in New Orleans. There's so many <laughs> Catholics there. So. But uh, I grew up going to Catholic schools. I graduated from a Catholic high school. Um, and uh, I didn't attend church that much, but, uh, you know, uh, Catholicism was a, a part of my life, you know, uh, pretty regular. And uh, so I heard a lot about Jesus. And, you know, we learned a lot about, uh, you know, him, the death on the cross and all that. Uh, and so growing up, I kind of just accepted it. You know, I never really thought about, you know, me, you know, surrendering my life to him or whatever. But uh, when I got out of high school, I went to college, which a lot of times uh, uh, negatively impacts a lot of uh, Christians who are just yes. raised in a, in a religious, you know, you know, religious home or a Christian home or whatever. But uh, because uh, their goal, I believe their goal now is to definitely destroy any faith that you have. I actually had one professor when I was at LSU uh, start his whole the whole semester off like that. He said uh, he asked uh, how many Christians do we have in the in the class here, and we had about a hundred kids and students in the class and and uh almost everybody raised their hand and he said great he said by the end of this course i'm gonna do everything i can to destroy your faith and he held up a bible and he said in this word that's what he said this is on wow. so uh so and i had just given my heart to the lord at that point so i was like oh man you know this is a so challenge that, and, and that is what i find interesting is they they have they have perfected the, the the process of trying to get kids to what they would call deconvert. Of course, I look at stats and I go, I'm wondering how many of them were are Christians when they're in college. But we're, I don't know if you know the stats. It's it's like over 80% of kids who grew up in church kind of have their parents' faith, never make it their own. They go to college and, and professors like that 
uh, whether they say it openly or not, or, or will try to dismantle their faith in God. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so growing up in a Catholic home, you know, it was kind of always a part of, you know, just my, at least my consciousness, you know. So, um, when I uh, when I got to uh, college, I started at Tulane University, which is in New Orleans, and uh, and I remember the first uh, semester I was there. I had to take an anthropology class. So of course, they want to start you off right with the uh, evolution story and everything. So I took this anthropology class. We didn't have that many students in the class, but um, I remember sitting there. Now you got to understand, my dad was an attorney, and he was a, a politician. He was a lawmaker, and so I kind of had this. I was going to be an attorney too, you know. So uh, a lot having to do with finding the facts, you know the evidence, all this stuff, you know, so it really kind of played into uh, my journey in finding God, you know, so anyway, but at that point, I was not even thinking about it until I started listening to the stuff that this professor was uh, spouting out, you know, and, and uh, I mean, mentioning all these things, all these, uh, these fossils that we have found and from this, and, and never forget that this is something that was so amusing to me, you know, just give me the facts. That's all I want. Just give me the facts. But they would say, hold up a tooth, you know, a replica of a tooth from some, you know, like ape man and say, from this tooth, we can assume that word assume came out thousands of times. We can assume from this tooth. And then the literally the, the professor would take it on the chalkboard and draw out what they assumed this being from this tooth looked like. And and then it, she brought up another tooth and another tooth. Well, pretty soon they had a, a line of these animals, you know, going from a lower state, you know, crawling on four legs. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's a, it's a human being. It's a, you know, Neanderthal or whatever. And I'm like, I'm looking at that like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. This is crazy. And uh, so, I got to so tell- literally the, the logic side of your brain was going Hang on, you're not you're not giving me real evidence that supports what's happening here. And you were kind of it was the teaching of evolution that kind of got you to to question some things. Absolutely, I, I was thinking this, this is the most ridiculous. Thing. Is that all you got? You know, is that all you have? And uh, I remember I got to tell this part of the story. I don't, but uh, I remember it was a smaller class, and it was uh, and so uh, she came one day with a box of uh, jaw bones, you know, replicas of of just different, you know, uh, I call them animals, but, you know, just like monkeys, apes or whatever, and then supposed, you know, uh, human beings. And um, and uh, I remember she kept it going around the class for about a week. Well, I had just gotten my uh, my uh, braces off of my teeth, and I had a, uh, you know, those impressions they do yep. of, of your teeth or whatever. I actually had those with me. I brought them in there and I threw them in the box. And when it came back around to me, I, I said, teacher, look, the missing <laughs> link to the job. <laughs> oh, she did not like that at all. But, oh, that's awesome. That's you know, I awesome. Not, I, I was not trying to, you know, hurt the atheists. I was just saying, you know, this is ridiculous. It's, it's so, it, it was basically lunacy, you know. So anyway, so, um, so I, I, from that point on, you know, I kind of, after the class and everything, I, I did pass, you know, by the skin of my teeth, I guess. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, from that point on, uh, I kind of forgot about all that and stuff. And I kind of started living my 
my party life. I transferred up to LSU and as a big party school. So I started partying with my all of my other friends and all. So about my senior year, after partying for hard for three years and uh, doing drugs and drinking, just, just doing everything that, you know, party people do, you know, so we're partying and stuff and not even thinking about my future. Well, I got to my senior year and of course I was going to go to law school and everything like that. But then I, it just something happened to me. I started I kind of started going into depression uh, because I was thinking, what is this all for? Why am I, you know, I'm partying every night. I'm studying every day. I did that made great grades, but I was just thinking, okay, after this, what, you know, am I just going to be an attorney and live the you know rest of my life as an attorney, have, you know, wife and kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, man, this, this seems to be kind of like, and then it's over. It seems to be kind of like a hopeless type of life. So it really kind of got me back to thinking, wait a minute, what is the point of life? And wow. so of all things, I picked up, I had I always, you know, carried, had my Catholic Bible with me. And if you know anything about Catholic Bibles, they're huge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you, you have to have like a, a, a wheelbarrow to carry it. <laughs> anyway, so, but I had one uh, that I kept in my room as a, I, I think it was a good luck charm, you know? Mm-hmm. And stuff. So I, I just um, I never really read it except for a few verses that my Catholic uh, school uh, brothers and priests and all would read to me and stuff. So I started opening this up just to find a philosophy or reason to live. And I said, well, maybe this guy Jesus has some idea about this. You know, he's pretty popular. You know, I learned about him early on. So uh, because at that point, I was thinking there's nothing, you know, it, you, know you live, you, you know, you die, you know, and then it's over. And so, and I didn't believe God, there was a God because in my mind, I didn't see any evidence of God, you know? Uh, so I had really got to that point to where, Hey, you know, just eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow. We die. As Paul said in first Corinthians, you know, <laughs> said, and that's really all of my friends were the same, you know? So, uh, so as I went through this, uh, emotional depression. I think it was a spiritual thing, by the way. Um, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was really working on me. And little did I know that I had uh, uh, some distant cousins and stuff that were Christians. They were praying for me. After I became a Christian, they they called me and they told me that they had been praying for me for years. So uh, anyway, so I started reading my Bible and just really where Jesus was talking. And then I started reading you know, further on in the Bible, and I never forget, I got to Galatians chapter five, and this is the, the portion of scripture that really like convicted my heart, you know, when Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you, and he will convict the world of sin. Well, you know, the word conviction uh, is not condemnation, but it means conviction means feeling guilty for doing something morally wrong. And so here I'm reading through these verses in, in Galatians five, and it's saying, if you do this, if you do that, you know, all these different things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And for the first time ever, I thought, what? You mean all, and I, mean, I could check off almost all of those things that he was mentioning. I said, wait a minute, this Bible saying that I'm not going to go to heaven if there is a heaven, you know, but at that moment, I realized, wow, I need to, I need to really search this out and make, you know, and come to some decisions here. And I, so I gotta, I gotta read, I gotta read those real quick because I think we face this a lot, Pastor Tapper. And I don't, 
Europe, I don't know, we're down down here in the South, maybe I face it more with people thinking they're Christians and and living however they want. I mean, when you get to those that passage in Galatians 5, 19, the works of the flesh are, you know, and it just, it says they're evident. They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, co- hatred contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, um, and it just heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness. It just goes on and describes yeah. Yeah. the way a lot of, a lot of, quote, Christian Catholics live. Uh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. And then, the, like, as I, I studied uh, some of those words, sorcery is really drug abuse, basically. It comes from the word pharmakeia. And then uh, uh, the, uh, um, the, the last one there that you said, revelries, that's uh, actually parties with loud music and all kind of stuff going on. So I'm like, what? That's, that's what I'm doing, you know? So it was, it was crazy. But uh, Right at that moment, I felt, man, if there is a God, I, and, and this is what's going to happen to me. I better, you know, search this out and make some decisions, you know. So I, I went on like a three or four month journey to where I just kind of withdrew from all my friends. <clears throat> and I was the big partier. I was the one, you know, all the parties were at my apartment. You know, I mean, I was the leader of the, of the group. Of the way. You know, so. Um, so, but they were wondering what's going on with ET, what's happening with ET. And, um, and so one day, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, at a class and they had this girl that I thought, oh, you know, she's cute. I'd like to date her. And I went and asked her out on a date and she goes, well, I can't go out with anybody unless you come to church with me. So <laughs> I went, what? are you kidding me? So, but, uh. I said, okay, well, you're cute, so I'll go, you know. So I went to church with her, and I was, you know, scared because it was, it was not a Catholic church. And I thought, oh, man, these people are going to be swinging from the chandeliers and you know, <laughs> rolling down the aisles. And all. I was really starting to freak out. But, you know, I went, and uh, and it was nothing like that, you know. So I was pretty tame as far as I was concerned. I was like, okay, well, good, you know. But they had a guy that was there, a young guy, and gave his testimony. and basically. Uh, he was an evangelist, gave his testimony, and what he was saying was exactly my life. And uh, and actually, it was a small church, so at first I was like, "Wait a minute, these people have set me up." <laughs> yeah. you know, they told this guy to say these things because they knew I was going to be because I was the only <laughs> guest, right? So I was thinking, "Wait a minute!" I was about to jump up and say, "Hey, why don't you just say my name? Everybody knows who you're talking about." <laughs> But before I could make a scene like that, it was like the Holy Spirit. God just, 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 just came down on me, and uh, He came to His conclusion, His close, and He said, "If you here are here today, and you just feel like God is is working on your heart and, and talking to you, and you want to give your life to to the Lord, I want you to just raise your hand." And of course, everybody was standing up at the time, and I could, I couldn't help it. My hand just went, just went straight up. Like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? Well, next thing you know, I just felt like uh, in my heart as he prayed, you know, he said, Well, pray with me. And in my heart, I just felt like, you know, I was saying to God, uh, Lord, as well, Jesus, actually, I said, Jesus, if you're real, if you're real, even at that point, I didn't, I wasn't 100% sure. I was just like, I was just throwing it out there, you know? Yeah. If you're real. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want to ask you to, you know, save me. I didn't know what that saying is, but I felt like, and at that moment, I felt like 
it was like this uh first off it was like a million pounds were lifted off my shoulders and then it felt like a bucket the only way i could describe it is a bucket of warm honey was just poured into my soul and I was like, what on earth happened? <laughs> you know, so, and then the guy said, if anybody here has said that prayer and you feel like God really has changed you, uh, once you come on up here. Well, next thing you know, I'm up in front of everybody. And I knew I was called to preach at that moment because he said, well, why don't you say, tell us what happened? And I knew I was called to preach because something happened. That preaching finger came out. <laughs> 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 and, and here I am telling all these people that have been going to church for decades why they need to give their life to Jesus, you know. Wow. And, uh, so, and I'll never forget, even after that, some of those people said, Oh, you'll calm down. I'm like, calm down. I'm not gonna calm down. Who wants down. to calm down? <laughs> yeah, man. No. Never happened to me, you know. It, it, it needs to happen to everybody, you know. So so anyway, at that point, um, you know, while I was converted, I was born again, you know, and that's that's why I I I'm preaching even to this day. You don't hear that 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 phraseology of being born again. But dude, that's the only way that that we can even know God, you know, to be born of the spirit. But anyway, so after that uh was my then a lot of questions started coming in my mind. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. If God is real, if the Bible's true, you know, and I'll start asking the questions about the dinosaurs and you know, all these questions and everything. And they started coming up. But as I hammered out my faith, I call it hammering out my faith. It took me searching the scriptures, okay, and and I came from it like uh, from uh, the angle that, you know, if the if if there's a question in my mind about something like evolution or whatever, and the Word of God says something opposite of that or different than that, then I'm not going to question the Bible. I'm going to question the theory, okay. And, uh, and so I started doing that and, uh, and over time, I mean, there were a lot of questions I could not answer, you know, but I did not say, well, since I can't answer it, it means that the Bible is untrue, you know? So as soon as I started, you know, when I came to faith in Jesus, I was told and, and I lived it like, Hey, it, this is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so if you if you come across something that doesn't match up to what you were thinking before, it's not that the Bible's wrong. And you know, uh, I, I find several people that tell me I had a hard time accepting and it was creation or miracles or anything. And they say, when I trusted Christ, I went, OK, it's like learning that two plus two equals four. And it's like, OK, everything else is wrong. Five is wrong. Six is wrong. One is wrong. Four is right. And they they just had it figured out. We've had several partners. Thank you guys for chiming in. I love hearing these little mini stories. But Ruth said she grew up in the Catholic, or excuse me, in the Church of England uh, in the UK and really became a Christian at age 17. She says she's 39 years old now. And it's been a long road with lots and lots of searching. Ruth, Oh, man, I'm so glad that God has you on this journey that's preparing you to invest in other people as well. And then um, uh, Stephen is, uh, said he was agnostic and came to Christianity. He was witnessed to by a fellow uh, faculty engineering professor, uh, and he was 38 years old at the time when that happened. So oh, I love I love the how behind the what God has done. I'm always because I'm unfortunately, Pastor Tapper, I don't know about you, but I'm always going, OK, 
What's the formula? You know, what do I need to give you so that you will see? And then therefore, okay, this plus this equals, you know, now you're saved. And God keeps showing me it's it's not a formula. Just speak the truth and let me do the work. So I keep I keep trying to do that. Yeah, but you're it, right. A lot of people have these questions afterwards. So I want to go through some of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that getting into the creation, uh, you know, part is that when one of the biggest things that I saw was that, well, <clears throat> once once I really became a Christian, I realized, wait a minute, there's there's so much evidence of God. I mean, just the, you know, just our eyeball, you know, I mean, just how all the creation, this is amazing. And what I've learned over the years, obviously, if there's a design, there has to be a designer. And and the Bible was the only book and that I ever read or knew about that actually explained about the designer. And so then that started saying, okay, well, okay, so it is true. God did create everything. And then then I had to go and start hammering out these, okay, well, wait a minute. What about the dinosaurs? What about the thing? And I remember even as a pastor, uh, you know, a lot of people believed in the gap theory. A lot of Christians were between verses one and two of, of Genesis one is like the pre-Adamic race and all this stuff. But all that could not happen because death would have happened before, you know, anything else. And and so I had to realize, oh, yeah. And the other thing is, if God created the um, the plants before the sun, right? And if they've, and what I've heard a lot of these, uh, even pastors say, oh, I believe that the days were eons or time, you know, like big expanses of time. Yeah, but how could a plant live more than a few days without the sun, right? And so all these things started kind of falling into place. And then, oh, my Lord, this is crazy. And this is true. And then the biggest question was the dinosaurs, for me anyway. And, of course, what they tell the kids is millions of years ago. Well, they have to add that time element in there to answer these questions because they don't believe that the worldwide flood happened. And when I started reading about Jesus, you know, Jesus was a young earth creationist. Do you know that? <laughs> yes, yes. He was a young earth creationist. Certainly was. In the beginning, God made them male and female. Yes. And then he talks about Noah's, he said, like, in, as in the days of Noah, they were, you know, doing all this. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the rains came and the flood happened. They all destroyed. Also, Sodom and Gomorrah. If you, I believe the foundation of our faith has to be in this Genesis story, because from that, you see right in Genesis 3, where God talks about Jesus coming, all the prophecies that were fulfilled, everything that's happened. To me, there is an overabundance of evidence that not only does God exist, that Jesus came to die for our sins, but that God created everything yes. in that six-day period in the beginning. And so Jesus was, so if you don't believe if you don't believe in the six day creation story, then you don't believe Jesus was God because he's a liar. Okay. Or wow. he's a lunatic. And so, and I'm saying that to my Christian friends, I was actually talking to a pastor a while back and somehow or another, we got talking about the, the, the Genesis story he goes, come on, ET, do you really believe that happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, do you really believe that a, a serpent talked? I said, well, you know, there is a part in the Bible where it says that a donkey talked. You, yeah, know? you believe that one, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you start questioning all these things, I'm not saying you can't have a question, but if you start saying, did God really say? Isn't that what Satan said in the garden, right? And that's what's happening now. A lot of Christians, 
they don't know how to answer this. That's why I appreciate so much what you are doing and how we're trying to get this message out because it is so foundational. Because if you don't believe in the creation story, God created us as we are. You don't believe you believe in you know transgenderism, all this stuff, the homosexuality, the whole question there. What about abortion? You know, when does a baby become a human? All these things. Everything is is on the foundation of this. And it started all in the Garden of Eden when Lucifer said, did God really say? Well, yeah, God really said. And he really did. You know, so Jesus, you know, he was there in the garden. He created everything. Right. And so with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anyway, Kevin, uh, one of our partners said, even as a Christian, I had a lot of doubt until I watched the Kent Hovind lecture series and started to uh, let truth set me free. And I hear that I travel all over the place and I hear that over and over and over. My dad's old videotapes, those old VHS tapes had changed so many people's minds and allowed them to see the evidence uh, for what it was. I've uh, watched them a thousand it's, times. It's amazing. I'm keep on watching. It's really great. Yeah. Hey, I want to keep going with this story because your story keeps going and I want I want my partners to hear that. But unfortunately, uh, Facebook and YouTube and my podcast listeners and those of you watching on the Creation Today show, I'm out of time for you. I'm so sorry, but I do want to thank you for peering into the Creation Today community. I pray that just this little bit already that Pastor Tapper has shared uh, is, is strengthening your faith in the Word of God. Um, it Testimonies do have a way of doing that. Let me encourage you. Uh, to pray for uh, the lost and that the Holy Spirit would continue to draw the lost to himself. That would be great. Uh, so uh, if you want to visit Pastor Web, uh, Pastor Tapper's website, uh, you can check him out, vrcc.church, vrcc.church, and you can check out his website. Uh, but I'm going to have to let you guys go now. Next week, excited for next week's conversation. Next week is going to be uh, on the Hebrew Israelite movement. I want to show you a video of an encounter that I had with some Hebrew Israelites on the corner. And I asked them, what do you think should happen to all white people? The black Hebrew Israelite movement. What do you think should happen to all white people? And they quoted a scripture that if I, when I air it next week, you will be shocked at what they believe should happen to all white people. Unbelievable. So look forward to that next week at noon Central Standard Time, uh, right here or wherever you're watching the show at. Look forward to seeing you guys next week. All right, Pastor Tapper, I want to keep going in your journey. You've gone from Catholic to uh, really kind of don't believe it. And I want to ask you, did you not believe it so that you could party? I want to ask you that. And then to to real Christianity and then the pastor, and you kind of knew that right away. Uh, back up real quick and just tell me, during your party lifestyle, were you, Romans tells us, and as a pastor, you know this, that people suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They they know the truth, but they're just pushing it down. Would you look back on your life and go, that's what I was doing? Or how, if it's a different view, how would you describe that? 